Mission with Jonesy and Amanda. Our next guest is one of my favourite people. She's the country's most loved conservationist. She's owner of Australia Zoo and she's raised two of the country's most loved wildlife warriors, Bindi and Robert. Fresh from her croc trip, we're thrilled to catch up with Terry Irwin. Terry, hello. G'day. I'm so excited to tell you about Croc Trip 2020 because, first of all, it was a bit of a COVID miracle that it even happened with everything opening up just before we had to head up to Croc Trip. So all things considered, we're pretty lucky to do our research again this year. So with Croc Trip, I see you've tagged 39 crocs. What's the purpose of tagging the crocs? Well, what we do every year since 2008 is we go up to the Wenlock River and we track crocodiles in a couple different ways. We use acoustic tags so we can see where they're going in particular river systems. The tags read uh, like a barcode at a grocery store off a receiver. And then we can see where they were and when they were there. Then we've also got satellite trackers, which are way cool this year. It's the first time we've utilized solar satellite trackers and we can tell where they go anywhere in the world and because the trackers are solar they're not reliant on a battery and they could last the lifetime of the crocodile so we we can tell where they go anywhere in the world we can uh tell how how deep they dive, how long they dive. We get an idea of their movements between each other. And now because we have 213 crocodiles that we've tagged, we're starting to get some really valuable information about the social structure of crocodiles. What's their social structure? What do crocodiles do for fun? Okay, well, we've been doing a lot of DNA research, and we've discovered that a lot of them are related because there's one dominant male who's pretty much everybody's baby daddy. So mm-hmm. we've, we named a crocodile in 2008, one of the first ones we caught, was named in honor of the First Nation people whose land we're studying on. And so his name is Tepetigi. And it was really kind of eerie and special that he ended up to be the most prolific breeder. So therefore, most of the crocodiles in the river system are related to him. So, so he can have it off with his own kind. Well, here's what it's looking like. Mm. It's looking like the female crocodile um, engages the male crocodile. So the males aren't sparring over females or doing these wild, you know, things that you see on Discovery Channel. What what they're doing is they're just hanging out and being guys, and then the female comes down and says, mm, I pick you. And then they they start courting, and if she decides she doesn't like him after all, then he has to go away. So there's they're very gentle with each other. Wow. But apparently Tepetigi is the most popular guy. So while there's no inbreeding, all the girls in the river like like him best. There you go. I really thought of you guys um, during lockdown and during the fires. Australia Zoo stayed open through all of that. How did you manage it? You were I read that you rescued something like 90,000 animals, but how do you do that without the income that you normally have? Yeah. 
Well, it was interesting. The fires were first and then the, the lockdown. So the, the, we treated thousands of animals, but the, the really big number is the total number we've treated at our hospital. But um, we, we went into immediate rescue situation, and we were actually at Kangaroo Island assisting there where they lost about 50% of their habitat and about four-fifths of their koala population. So we actually brought some of the orphans back because the the environment was so depleted there just wasn't a place to put all the koalas that had been rehabilitated so we've got four southern koalas with us at Australia Zoo that will will live here and we're very proud to do that rescue but it was just getting them in just mm. before things shut down for covid and then you know covid really produced some strategies that were kind of outside the box. So we had people online purchasing things from all over the world, and we had businesses in our local community that were saying, if it weren't for your online business, we'd be out of business. So the knock-on effect helped a lot of local businesses continue manufacturing, and we were able to ship things all over the world and keep feeding our animals. So. Oh, wow. Thankfully, between everyone stepping up and and some government assistance, we were able to be closed for 78 days and, and reopen okay. And can I say congratulations, a new little wildlife yeah. warrior on the way. I, I want to be a part of this congratulations <laughs> as well, Terry. Oh, we are so excited. Oh, can I you bet. believe mm, it? Yeah, it's wonderful. And I bet there's not a chance in hell that that baby won't be addicted to animals. Oh, my goodness, it doesn't have a hope. So it's already been on croc trip. It's been feeding crocodiles here at Australia Zoo. It's just a busy little baby. It's so exciting. But what if the baby, what if it becomes an accountant or something like that? Runs off to join the accountancy. It's cool. We have an accounts department here at Australia Zoo. I'm very open-minded. It'll be in khaki either way. Definitely. <laughs> Terry, it's always a treat. To find out how you can help, head to australiazoo.com.au. Terry Irwin, say hi to the family. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's always good to catch up with you, and conservation work continues, that's for sure. Good on you, Terry. Charm Nation. With Jonesy and Amanda.